This episode is brought to you by Patreon, specifically the Comic Pop Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash comic pop and find out more about how you can keep the lights on here at Comic Pop. And don't worry, we've got plenty of fun rewards, including early access to videos and weekly updates about what's happening here at the studio. That's patreon.com slash comic pop. All right, let's get on with the show now. Sweeping down upon the underworld to smash gangland comes a friend of the unfortunate, enemy of criminals. A mysterious, all-powerful character, a problem to the police. What a Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Elseworlds Exchange. I am Sal, and joining me today, again, is my guest, Brad Geiger, of webcomics fame, and uh, just an all-around guru of many, many different aspects of this crazy culture that we find ourselves in. Brad, thanks for being on, man. <laughs> Thank you. I'm, I'm glad to be here. Like I, like I was saying at the top of the show, uh, I really enjoyed our talk. It's gotten a lot of buzz. And I, I don't know whether you started something uh, that, that, that may be uh, something that you don't want to lay claim to later, but <laughs> I, I kind of got the bug. And I've been doing uh, short little 20-minute bursts on webcomics.com nice. where I'm talking about some of this stuff. And it's been getting a super response. So, oh, that's great. Uh, so, so thank you for uh, kind of giving me the push I needed. Oh, it's my pleasure, man. This is <laughs> Yeah, let me tell you, when we started doing podcasting, on this channel like more regularly especially on a, like a consistent basis and when the live feature became a thing that was very easy and intrinsic to understand it was great and uh, I really really got addicted to it so yeah um, and it's funny because you can you can get your you can find yourself being like I have I have a good chunk of time I could literally literally just jump on right now right and, and just start talking and just start talking and there'll be an audience there somehow like there'll be people there waiting for you <laughs> that's amazing i I've, I've got to try that uh, you may i may have to get in touch with you later and have me have you uh walk me through the ins and outs but uh yeah it, i i was fascinated by how you handled that thank you thank you well it was it was great having you you're always an amazing guest and you always give a a great uh wellspring of information and uh and experience um, some of them may even be accurate i know yeah no and i actually i loved seeing you in the conversation if you haven't watched it by the way check out uh, brad's appearance on uh, a previous episode of the elseworlds exchange where we talk about web comics and whether they really do need to change or if they are in any danger of uh, of of stagnation so check it out it's a great one but uh, also do yourself a favor and go look in the comments because brad gives some additional advice and guidance to those who have any additional questions <laughs> And, yeah, uh, and it's terrific. I, I tried to provide a little guidance, uh, and and actually, that's going to be an upcoming topic: is is good promotion. Oh and, yeah. and, and useless promotion. That's, and you see so much useless promotion out there that it, it, it makes you crazy. It, we, you encounter it in so many things, and of course, like when you first start, I think all of us are guilty of it. Yeah. Um, I know that when I was starting YouTube, it was it was a world of like. Just trying to get anybody to look at what we were doing, yes. and and you know you see so you went to like avenues and 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 audiences that were never gonna watch your stuff or never gonna absorb your content, and for some reason they're just he, you know you you thought to yourself like well it's so good that anyone anyone will watch it you know <laughs> exactly exactly my 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 mom says so this I'm brilliant you know <laughs> and and why wouldn't everybody agree yeah yeah. And, and and but the bad thing about all that scattershot kind of marketing yeah. is that you sp you end up spending so much time on that that you're not spending time on what you should be doing which is doing a good thing whether that's a comic or a podcast or yeah. uh, or or whatever uh, instead of working on getting good because that's actually the best marketing of all yeah. is doing a good 
thing. Right. That's always that been thing is. That's always been your mantra. I know when we were working on comics years ago, yeah. I asked you about like what we needed to do, what was our best strategy, and you were like, the best strategy is always just to make the best content because the cream rises to the top. That was yep. always your 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 perspective. Yeah, it's impossible to hide good content on the web. Yeah, it's true. Uh, today, however, and not no, not not however, we're just talking about <laughs> speaking of hiding content. Speaking of hiding content, <laughs> let's talk about the kind of content that you can't view in a That's school right. or at work. <laughs> not safe for work content. Um, Brad, you have uh, have entered into a, a whole different spectrum that I'm sure you were expecting to be in. Let's say five, ten years ago. Yeah. Um, how did you fall into it, and then we'll get into like the pitfalls, possibilities, and promise and perils of of, of not safe for work content. Well done, Sal. That was fantastic. <laughs> uh, well, see, here's the deal. Uh, and stop me if I've if I've gone over this before, because uh, I think we might have treaded a little bit of this in the previous show. Mm -hmm. uh, but the 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 shortened version is quite simple. In 2014, I realized that ad blockers had. Uh, put a, a, a constriction on my revenue that I needed to come up with something different. I had to do something different uh, or else I was going to have to, you know, change uh, my my avocation. I was going to have to find a day job. Right. And as a matter of fact, uh, just to, to bring things full circle, today is the five year anniversary of uh, me quitting my day job. Wow. Uh, at the Philadelphia Daily News. Congratulations, uh, I, man! Thank you. It's amazing <laughs> to think that it's been five years ago. Yeah. But it was uh, it was March twenty eighth, uh, twenty twelve, when I made the announcement. Today is my last day, and uh, and things went very. It was very interesting getting used to not having a steady paycheck. Yeah. Uh, but ad revenue came in in twenty twelve. You know, hit like a, a on a monthly basis, and I could count on it. By 2014, that had stopped, mm. and 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 it completely constricted to a, to a drip, and uh, I, I had to do something. I had to come up with something, and luckily, thank God for Patreon. Oh, yeah. uh, Patreon was rising just around that time, so I'm looking around at what some people are doing, and uh, and I and and what I basically tried to do was find something that my readers were willing to pay for. Yeah. And I tried an all-ages strip. They weren't interested. I tried kind of reviving the PG-13 version of Courting Disaster. Weren't taking it. Uh, I, I tried doing digital collections, uh, repackaging, trying uh, this and that, and, and, and trying to throw stuff out there. Weren't interested. Uh, bo uh, uh, bonus cartoons. I tried doing single-panel comics, which was mm. something I always wanted to experiment with. Uh, and I thought I'd put some really good stuff out there. Yeah. No go. Uh, so I looked around, and actually the, the, the guy's name, I'll always plug him, uh, he, he does a comic called Zombie Roomy, and his name is John Wigger, and I was, I was looking at his Patreon, and he was doing great. And I looked, and he's, he was doing once a week, not safe for work, version of his comic strip. Four panels. Uh, that that was that handled adult themes and, and nudity and so on and so forth. Right. And so I, now John at all, I'd seen John at uh, comic conventions forever and ever. And he's always given me his business card. He was always super, I was, at the time I was thinking about trying to learn uh, Manga Studio. It's called Clip Studio Paint now. Yeah. Horrible name. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, Manga Studio is easy to understand and really straightforward, but. It, it, whoever named that freaking software does not have any idea how uh, how much 
uh, bile a <laughs> artist feels towards the idea of using clip art. Yeah. I, I, and that word clip being the first word in there turns my stomach every I time. I immediately oh. jumped to that conclusion. I was immediately, yeah. clip art was the first thing I thought of. Must be clip art. Clip yeah. duty. But anyway, he was always happy to. If you, if you, he goes, if you want to learn it, I can teach you. Blah blah. Uh, super nice guy. So I called him up. I, I, I found a dig, dug through, found his business card. I said, okay, tell me what you're doing, mm -hmm. uh, and tell me how you do it. And he gave me a lot of really good advice, uh, including uh, something that I still use today, which is I never call it porn. I never call it even adult comics or yeah. comics. Three X's. I always call it NSFW. Uh, that has been the most. It, it, it's it's it, it sounds uh, a little bit uh, uh, like dog whistle kind of talk, mm -hmm. but it, it's it's kind of an accepted term. Everybody knows what you're talking about, but you don't use words like porn and stuff, which is a real turnoff yeah. to people. Well, so uh, yeah, he gave me lots of advice. It gives Go you. Ahead. I was sorry. I was just gonna say that like using labels that are associated or affiliated with the not safe for work bubble or umbrella uh kind of hamstring you because then all of a sudden you're you're i think you're you're ascribing labels that you don't want or that you don't want to be affiliated with and also it it restricts you in a big bad yeah. way you know it tells people like it not safe for work doesn't imply or suggest or or uh mean pornography so why give yourself <laughs> like right. why limit yourself right. in that way well and 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 really that to be fair to be completely honest with you the where the where this went it, it would be very accurately described as pornography right all right <laughs> <laughs> but it's a little bit more tasteful on social media uh, to say not safe for work. Yeah. And I've had very, I don't think I've had anybody that has uh, come to Patreon and, and left, you know, clutching their pearls and... and, <laughs> and just aghast uh, you know. and offended. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think everybody kind of knows what's going on. Mm -hmm. Believe me, once you see some of the preview images that I've got up, uh, you, you kind of figure it out real quick. Oh, yeah. And, no, or, it, or maybe you're a little bit naive. Well, uh, yeah. No, your experience and your 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 craft, you've you know what images are going to be tasteful yet implicit in the tone. Right. Uh, I was just thinking about your in, your Evil Ink After Dark cover of Mismatch, where you're like, okay, I know what she normally looks like. And I used actually for this cover, I used an old image of her from an from a original Evil Ink cover. Um, yeah, yeah, but she's there's, changed a lot. <laughs> there's a there's there's a significant shift, and I think there's no way you can misunderstand. <laughs> what the content is here yeah yeah and and alex heberling who who is my colorist did an amazing job on that image yeah. uh, it, it, that 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 is a that's a killer from start to finish it's fantastic yeah uh but yeah yeah you you it, it's uh it's implicitly explicit let's put it that way it's it, right. it, it gets the job done and so John kind of walked me through what he was doing and everything, and so I'm like, nah, I'll give this a try. You know, I, I, I I'm always trying. I, I always like to be open to experimentation, and it goes back to when I first started doing web comics in 2000. Uh, all of the prevailing professional cartoonists at the time were syndicated uh, people, yeah. and uh, what I saw from them was a real resistance to change. They were frightened of change. They were they 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 resist. They didn't like what they were seeing, and they wanted to put the brakes on. Right. And I kind of 
got, it got it into my mind so much that I didn't want to ever be that guy. Right. And I always wanted to be open for experimentation and, and see what happens. You know, that, 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 that's, that's what I wanted to kind of uh, embrace even as I got old and crusty. Uh, so I'm like, okay, I'm going to give this a shot. And I threw it open to my readers and I said, hey, well, and I think I posted one courting disaster that was uncensored. Mm. And courting disaster for the uninitiated was a series of cartoons, sim single panel cartoons that I used to do for a newspaper that accompanied a sex advice column. So of course it had to be newspaper friendly. It had to be PG-13 at best. Yeah. And so, and Scott Kurtz always kind of teased me that it was the best, best sex comics with no sex in it that he ever seen. <laughs> Uh, so so I'm, I'm like, okay, here's a courting disaster with actual nudity and so forth. Yeah. And, uh, and, and I had done that and one four panel strip that I just posted as a proof of con, uh, proof of concept in March of 2015 and my Patreon, which had stagnated at a certain level for seven months prior, wow. uh, tripled by the end of the month. <laughs> that's that's numbers you can't deny. Like that's, no, that's the I, I kind mean, of even yeah. I can figure it out when, when that happens. Even right. I can be like, oh, I see what's going on here. This is they, and and that's that's become my phrase uh, when I'm talking about Patreon now. I found the thing that my readers were willing to pay for. Yeah, and I think that's the key to success on Patreon. And it doesn't necessarily mean not safe for work stuff, uh, but it does mean finding the thing that your readers are willing to pay for. And I think that's going to be a different thing for every person. Yeah, for me, it was not safe for work comics. And by the next month, I I said, well, screw this, doing it once a month shit. Let's do this once a week. Yeah, and by the end of that month. That num that number that had settled in uh, three times the previous that number doubled wow. by the end of that month. Wow. So uh, it it very it, it became a one-upsmanship between uh, myself and my readers. Mm -hmm. I said, okay, you like that? <laughs> how about a full page instead of four panels? How about we do a four full page? They loved it. Uh, that turned into stories, uh, which is now what's being collected into the book. Um, that turned into stories that yeah. get updated uh, exclusively on Patreon. They've got the exclusive uh, content uh, there. My readers have the first look at all that stuff. No one else can see it. Mm -hmm. And uh, and and that turned into that. According to Disaster, I started doing those more uh, frequently. And then I threw it open to commissioned illustrations, which is going to be the third book that's being kickstarted as this uh, package. Uh, they they I I would I put up a commissions list. And they would purchase commissions at a discounted rate uh, through Patreon because at the end of the day, I was going to turn around and use that uh, commissioned illustration as more Patreon content to get more people in the tent. Yeah. Uh, so it turned into this, you know, every month we were adding something new and adding something new. And uh, by 2016, I had gotten to the point where I was making, on average, one exclusive Patreon post a day. Wow. Uh, for every month. Now, not all of those were not safe for work. Right. Some of those were even link stuff and collections and stuff like that. But uh, uh, but I stepped up my uh, Patreon game so much 
that now, uh, and there's very few, I think there's one month in there that was an off month. And actually, March was tough because we had Emerald City. I saw you out there. Yep. Uh, I fell way behind <laughs> doing that. Mm -hmm. uh, but we poured it on, and I will be announcing probably in Thursday's blog uh, the numbers. But once again, we'll be able to say that we've had, on average, one post a day for March. Wow. That is hard to conceive <laughs> of when you consider the original workflow and the original like way in which you 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 produced your content um, oh, yeah. do you find that you're feeling it do you feel like wow i re i like i didn't expect to have to work this much or do you find that you're just kind of enjoying it and you're kind of in it and you're just like no yeah, i I love it. See, here's what happened after doing this. It actually kind of all gelled at the same time because I've been doing this for 16, 17 years now. Yeah. February was uh, was would have been the 17th uh, anniversary. Ooh. And I'd been doing a comic strip for 16 of those years. I kind of shifted over in 2016 and, and started got, uh, creating my comic as a graphic novel and updating it in half-page bursts. Uh, okay. It's very similar to like Table Titans and Drive and so forth. Yeah. Uh, th and that was a nice challenge, and that was felt really good. But what I've actually found is that uh, not safe for work comics is the biggest challenge, really, that I've had yet. Uh, as an all-around chat, writing humor is number one. Yeah, uh, writing humor is the number one challenge. It'll never get boring. It'll never get easy. Uh, that's that's indisputable. Yes, I agree with uh, but uh, what I've what I found for me is a close second is uh, doing uh, adult comics because it's 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 the whole package. It's the whole enchilada. You you've not only got to be able to uh, draw really well because as I found out, <laughs> as I found out very quickly, if you're not good at anatomy uh, and you got two people and things aren't lining uh -huh. up, those scenes don't make any sense. Right. Uh, <laughs> so I had to I had to up my uh, anatomy game really quick. Yeah. I had to become a much better artist than I was uh, before. And uh, it, 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 the, the, the same old combinations get very boring very quickly uh, yeah. when you're talking about concepts and the writing. Uh, penis, vagina, penis, vagina, <laughs> vagina, vagina, penis, penis. Uh, you, 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 there you go. You've yeah. got to find the. <laughs> you've got to find something interesting to do with that, or it's going to get boring really quickly. Well, so as a writer, that became a real challenge. Yeah. Are you? Do you find that you have to compete directly with that larger market? Um, I use my own example just to kind of because that's I'm I'm, not, I'm an expert in my own examples. Um, thinking about how like. When you make content that is very specifically geared towards a, a niche, right? Mm -hmm. You are competing with your niche. But when you find that you're making content that, while it is geared towards your niche, you're, it's, you're not making the kind of content that is directly competing with your perceived peers, um, you, you find yourself in a larger pool and competing with, with those who... You didn't think you were competing with my, 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 I'm really roundabout getting to. Are you? Do you find yourself competing slash uh, jockeying for attention slash um, a, a 
readers and viewers and eyes with the the larger NSFW community as opposed to with the your own comic peers? That's a great question. I've got two answers for you. Uh, <laughs> there's two <laughs> things that immediately come to mind. Okay. Uh, number one, am I competing with Pornhub? Yeah. Not necessarily. Uh, but I, what, what I, and this was I, this is this may have changed, but last year they released a, uh, one of those, uh, uh, and they've been doing this a lot. You know, what were the top search uh, engine? Uh, oh yeah, uh, search strings that got put into Pornhub. Mm -hmm. uh, adult cartoons was number one wow. in one of their categories, or, or you know, for one of their strata. Yeah. Uh, adult cartoons is is one of the things that's being looked at. Uh, so I'd like to think that Pornhub is competing with me. Mm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> although, although I think if we traded paychecks, uh, they, I, I think it might be uh, yeah. come up a little bit on top. <laughs> but. But uh, do I think that uh, do I think that I'm competing with them? No, no, I don't think I'm competing with them at all. Uh, I, I, you know who? I, if if there's any competition uh, to be had, it's like internal. It's like I see other people uh, who do adult comics, and I kind of like I want to try and do this as good as they do. Okay. Uh, Phil Folio, number one uh, for me. He, he's the gold standard. Uh, his series called Xenophile with three X's. Uh, <laughs> you can still find it. Uh, and fantastic sci-fi smut. Mm. Absolutely fabulous stuff. Uh, and uh, and and just playful, happy uh, sex. Right. It's not. He, yeah. The way he did it, it was really there was a joy. Uh, behind his writing, I try to I try to channel that as much as I can. Uh, my readers will let you know if I'm being su successful or not. Uh, but it's it's a constant challenge. Uh, Spike Troutman, right from Iron Circus Comics. Oh yeah, she's doing phenomenal things. I I, I actually got a chance to walk up to her and, and tell her uh, to her face <laughs> that I think that she's amazing. That she's doing that the things that she's done with adult comics has been uh, really inspiring. And the list. Go, in fact, I'm following some of these guys on Twitter and stuff, and, and their work kind of. Uh, it inspires me in different ways. Uh, it, it, there's a whole lot of people that I'm not really competing with, but I mentally use them to set the bar. Right on. That's great. Now, That's... Here's, the, here's the second answer. Okay. And it's weird because it hit me. Uh, just the other day, uh, the, the National Cartoonist Society came out with their list of top five uh, mainly syndicated. I think all five of them are syndicated. Of course. Uh, syndicated cartoonists that are up for the Cartoonist of the Year Award. Okay. Uh, I'm you, – you may not know it if you, if you don't know me well. I'm kind of competitive. And yeah. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I'll, I'll bear my soul. Every time the Eisners are announced, uh, the Harveys are announced, the cartoonist of the year, there's a little part of me, a little part, that's like, God damn it, they missed me again. <laughs> <laughs> you know? There's always that, and I'll admit to that. Yeah. I, I, I have that inside of me. It's like, doggone it. How come I'm not on that list? Yeah, and, I hear uh, that. And, and, and to be honest with you, the one time I made the list for the Eisners, uh, the, my first thought was like, it was for Fables, which is P H A B L E S, yeah. and uh, who is it? Bill Willingham's uh, comic Fables, F A B L E S. Oh I was God. convinced that they had just chosen the wrong they fable, the wrong got, like a misspelling. So mm -hmm. I couldn't even let myself have that. Uh, <sighs> but here's the thing, uh, I. 
am free. I, what I realized just the other day is I'm freed from that because I kind of know that I'm doing the kind of comics that uh, is very good uh, for putting food on the table, very good for running a successful Kickstarter. Yeah. But this is not the kind of work that is ever going to get an award. No, I'm that's just, fair. <laughs> I'm not going to get an award for this stuff. I and 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 I've kind of I realized that I made peace with it long before I. Uh, long before that it had become conscious because uh, I because I saw that list and I'm like ah yeah these guys are all really good and I didn't have that initial uh, rush right. of jealousy because uh, I'm like nah you know what the thing I'm doing now it's 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 great and I love it I'm and and I like I I I I don't think that sex is something that we should be ashamed of I think doing a sex comic is every bit as va valid as doing a comic about uh, that that has uh, blood and guts and violence. Yeah. I, I, in fact, to be honest with you, I kind of like the choice I made. My people make each other feel very much better than people in a blood and guts kind of comic. True. Uh, so, uh, so no, I, I don't think there's anything to be ashamed of. Uh, uh, but let's face it, we we know. We we know the reality is that this is never going to be award-winning stuff. I'm not going to be up there accepting the Eisner Award for Evil Inc. After Dark, and right. that's okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean... That an awkward speech to give anyway. Sure. <laughs> um, I've noticed that you... Uh, do you feel that you've kind of been setting the trend, or do you feel like you've kind of just been... Like, you are acknowledging the future... I've seen that a couple of your peers have also kind of followed suit with this with this idea of taking their originally not safe for work comic and then giving people an alternative version yeah. of their property. Uh, I'm thinking of uh, Short Pact, for example. Does mm -hmm. that? Um, do you uh, do you take that as a um, as an indication of things to come, or do you think that's more just like, well, yeah, stupid. Look at how good we're doing here. <laughs> Well, I think to be honest with you, I think Short Pact uh, was on the on the train law before I was. Yeah. But but it, it's hard for me to say that. It's hard for me to really say uh, because it's it, okay. I'll, I'll liken it to this: if you've ever been car shopping and all of a sudden you decide, ah, you know what I kind of want is a Mazda five, and then you're driving uh, the next day and all you see on the road is Mazda fives. Yeah. It's kind of like that. I really didn't give this kind of work a whole lot of attention before. I mean, I, I knew what like Josh Lesnick was doing with Orgy Mania uh, because I, I had roots that go back to uh, with him back to Keen Spot in early 2000s. Yeah. Uh, so I was I was familiar with what he was doing. Uh, but it, it wasn't something that was really on my radar. And now that I'm doing it, and I and and my ears are kind of to the ground on this. I'm seeing it happen a lot. Yeah. Uh, is that a cause and effect? I don't know. I think it's kind of that uh, I'm going to buy a car phenomenon. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. I have a question regarding Patreon because mm -hmm. we have a Patreon as well, and it's just it's not necessarily related, but it's tangentially related only because Patreon was the impetus behind it. Patreon is the like it it, it is the the Kickstarter of itself that kind of like made every it made this whole thing happen. Um, as a as a online business person, how much we make has always been a closely regarded secret. <laughs> it's something that we really don't like to 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 showcase or talk about. It's something that as Americans we really kind of keep keep very close to the chest. 
Patreon does not care about that at all, and they are completely open with what you, how much you are making, and it's right there on the front page. <laughs> it's it, it's kind of like uh, it, it, it's not unlike uh, comparing measurements. Yes, uh, exactly. Yes. So um, when that ha- okay, when you when you realized that that was mm-hmm. a thing you couldn't make go away, how reticent were you to the idea of Patreon, and how quickly did you get over it? Well, two two things. Number one, I'm I'm happy to announce that Patreon has since made it possible for you to hide your measurements. Yeah, but now you but but if you, you are now. but if you do hide your measurements, now it looks bad. Right. Yeah, it does. It does. Does I I I was wondering whether I was the only person that felt that way. But yeah, I'm always uh, a little suspicious. So here's the deal. Uh and I, I my 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 words to you are embrace it okay yeah because what i found out very quickly is that i used that number that that public facing number as a promotion point that's a marketing point for me and uh much like kickstarter uh, when i was starting out i would do social media uh announcements that would say stuff like hey we're getting close to 2000 we're getting close to 2500 i would start milestoning that thing yeah and uh what started to happen i found out and it's very uh palpable uh, once you start to get up to a thousand, two thousand, and so forth, uh, what happens is uh, that nothing succeeds like success, kind yeah. of thing. <laughs> the higher that number goes, that is a testament to the quality of the stuff that's inside. Yeah. People are much more likely to sign on to a thousand dollar Patreon than they are a twenty five dollar Patreon. That's true. Uh, so I use that number. I, I keep that number public uh, for the very sheer reason that it's good marketing it it speaks to the fact that a lot of people have seen this they've stayed with it month after month some of them and and here's something that we we also need to talk about because i i want my patreon backers to hear this as well yeah. and, and and yours some of them come and go and come back right yeah uh, i it, it, the big mistake i see a lot of people making with patreon is that they expect that patronage to be a constant that right. someone's going to sign up and they're going to stay and that doesn't that doesn't happen that way uh, you know from your own life you don't that, no, that that's true you like, handle subscriptions that way so i'd expect your patrons to yeah uh, i want my patrons to feel free to jump out when they when they want to and and know that i'm always happy to see them coming back uh when they come back that's all part of the deal I don't get upset when I see him go, and uh, I am thrilled to announce that uh, because I, you know, I check that I'm a little bit obsessive. I check this stuff uh, every day. Yeah, uh, I have a very good rate of uh, seeing those people come back after come uh, after a couple months, time and time again. Uh, and I think that that is a universal with Patreon. I think you're going to see the same thing when people leave. You know, sorry to see you leave, but I'm also going to be happy to see you come back. It's true. I mean, and most of the time, at least in my experience, the folk that leave usually leave because they're like, money got tight, like, you know, I have to do this one thing. Oh. Like, like we're, we're, we're saving up for this, or I've got to, you know, it's never like, I am dissatisfied with your content. Like, yep. I am unhappy yep. with the rewards. 
Um, but and, I still and it's true in general. I yeah. mean, it's like any other relationship. This is this falls directly under. It's not you. It's me. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> and, and if you look at your patron, if you look at your patron exit surveys, you'll see that 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 holds out. Every now and again, you see somebody who might that maybe had expectations that you didn't meet for whatever reason. Yeah. Maybe they were realistic expectations, maybe they weren't, but uh, expectations weren't met. All right, well, that's that's something you gotta learn from and, and try to improve in some way in the future. Yeah. Uh, but nine chances out of 10, it's, it's about the patron, it's not about you. Fair enough. <laughs> Um, so don't feel bad, Sal. All right, all right. No, I, I, I just, I, I'm very uh, curious about this whole world because um, I was really reticent to join Patreon because, on one hand, it meant more production out of us, yeah. and on the other hand, it also was like, for me, it, when it first came on the scene, and this is not too long ago, but still long enough ago where it feels. Like I'm a fuddy-duddy for complaining about it, yeah. um, or for being for being suspicious of it. Uh, it was who is going to like, or how audacious of me to expect my viewers to pay for my content, which <laughs> feels like, and that's why we're here. It's, it feels like the old model of web comics, where it's like, oh. well, yeah, I have to give away my most like. Uh, well-regarded property that I put lots of time, effort, and energy and talent into, and I have to give yeah. it away for free, otherwise they won't come. Right, right. It's 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 an amazing sea change uh, that happened right around. I I I place it around 2013, 2014. Yeah. Uh, but but it, I'll go even further back than that. I I, I tell the story quite often. Uh, in 2010, I took webcomics.com from a free site to a subscription site. Yeah. All right. And the subscription was uh, broke down to about $2.50 a month. People were furious. <laughs> People were like up in arms, ready to kill. Yeah. And uh, and that was a tough storm <laughs> that I kind of weathered. Yeah. Uh, and all because I was asking a subscription for this thing that I was putting a significant amount of time in. Yeah. What happened between then and now? Amazon, Apple, and a couple other significant players made it cool to pay small amounts of money for things, yeah. right? The iTunes store gave you those 99 cent uh, MP3s. App, uh, Amazon, Christ, one-click shopping. You don't yeah. even bother to put your credit card in. Oh. Back in the day when we started, the idea of getting somebody to put their credit card number into your website Terrifying. was like, are you kidding me? Well, you, you might as well just, you know, I, I, I might as well just drive my bank account over to your house and, and dump it in. Yeah. Uh, you know, it was, it, 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 was, it was crazy. Now we're so used to it. Think about all the things that you've, not, number one, not only bought online, but all the subscriptions that you have that you handle online. Yeah. Whether it's Hulu, Netflix, Amazon Prime, beep, bop, beep. Oh, it's just, uh, it makes sense. It makes complete sense. It's, it's just giving people the convenience Yes. And the accessibility is yeah. is, is is key. 
you know? Yeah, like, and, and, and now the, it, we've come around from, you know, those web cartoonists that wrote in and, and pissed off the syndicated cartoonists, and, and it's like, oh, no, old man, this is how we're doing things now. <laughs> now we've kind of come full circle. Now we're the ones that are kind of resisting becoming, uh, paying, you know, doing that pay model yeah. because we're so used to this other thing. Uh, but but that's where that's where the Internet has led us. Uh, without a doubt, that's where the Internet is leading to more and more paid content. Uh, look at the number of things that you pay for already. This is just going to be one more thing. Mm-hmm. Um, now, as far as uh, getting back to the topic on uh, Not Safe Work and Not Safe Work Comics in general, um, I've found, and when I say i found, I mean I have a couple peers uh, who have dabbled in that world, even as far back as I'd say 2005, 2006. Um, my, a friend of mine who was a very talented artist, or at least he was, he was on the cusp of becoming a very talented artist. He was very talented, and he was, he, he was honing his skills and working very hard. Um, he found himself in a position where he was like, I want to do, do cartooning for, as a business, um, and, you know, Marvel and DC aren't paying me to do it, so I'm gonna, I'll have to do this for now until they notice me, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was drawing, and he, it, so he threw out, a, I think it was on DeviantArt, and he was like, I'll do commissions. And he found that the most consistent commissions that he was getting were uh-huh. not safe work content. Of course. And he, at first he was like, frustrated and kind of annoyed at that idea. And he was like, well, when are the real commissioners (laughs) going to show up? Yeah, yeah, when's the real stuff? When am I going to be painting the Mona Lisa? Exactly. And first of all, I I think he eventually dropped that mentality because you could not deny the money. Right. Um, And it was just, but it was funny to say, like, okay, so... He, and and I think the bread and butter. I I think it's been long enough. It, there's been enough time where I can describe what the things he that he was asking that people were asking him to draw were. But uh, it was like female characters, like cart, like female anthropomorphic characters that were laying eggs. <laughs> it had to be that, and it had to be that very specific thing. And I'm like, dude, that means that you had one person who has just needed to see these things in many different varieties. And th- yeah, but it's funny that like. That gave me an, an insight into a whole world that I had no understanding of and had no real experience interacting with or, or considering. Yeah. And it was the fact that, like, there is an audience out there that wants to see a specific type of content, and they are starving for right, it. Right, right, right. And if they, if, it, if, if they can find someone who will do it on a level that is of professional quality... Of the, uh, that will allow it to exist in a world that is as good as their mental projection of it, <laughs> they will pay through the nose to have it. Absolutely, absolutely, and 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 if you can become that guy or that or that woman, uh, yeah. you can you can do well. Uh, uh, yeah, I've got to be honest with you. I'm I've been very lucky. Well, I don't want to say lucky uh, because I don't think that there's any. I I don't want to shame someone that's got like like the egg fetish. No, it's that. Well, know, and, that they yeah. do your thing. I, I'm 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 cool with it. But yeah. uh, I I will say this: my the commission requests I've gotten have all been very creative. Have all been very interesting. Uh, I haven't gotten anything that's that far afield uh, right. <laughs> at this point. Uh, and and it's very interesting uh, to note that there is one theme that I do see 
uh, quite often, and it's the uh, it's the, it's the giant theme, yes. or the or the opposite of that, you know, the miniature. So one of the characters either turns into a giant mm-hmm. or gets shrunk down to miniature size. Mm. Uh, I've seen those requests, come, and to be honest with you, those are kind of fun to draw. I, I, those are are unique. Uh, perspective challenge, uh, always a unique uh, anatomy challenge. So uh, those are, I'm I'm happy to do those all day long. Uh, But now here's my question for you. Okay. Uh, Your friend, did he work uh, on on DeviantArt under his own name or did he use a nom de plume? Yes, he used a pseudonym or a nom de plume. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. No question. He he used uh, an alias. Yeah, well, well, see that that's kind of interesting because I, I, I mean, everybody's got to make their own decision on that. Yeah. Uh, but that was the decision that I had to make very early. Was okay. Am I going to use my name on this, or am I going to use a pseudonym? Yeah. And uh, the, it was it was obvious I had to use my own name uh, uh, for a number of reasons. I mean, there's no way You're I not- could do the link after dark and and put it under the you know the title of uh, you know. Somebody yeah. else, like it's gonna yeah, be. Yeah, yeah, Uncle John uh, Smith. Whatever. Yeah. It, well, first uh, but, of all, you have a very distinctive style. I think that if anybody <laughs> was drawing, uh, you know, mismatch or whatever, doing something illicit, it's like Brad. Yeah. We know it's you. <laughs> <laughs> you. You can come out from behind the thick glasses, yeah. the trench. Who do you think you're fooling here, man? You. Like, what are we doing? <laughs> But but on the other hand, I I, I don't know. I, everybody everybody's got to do their thing. I, I get that. But I am. Let, let me put it to you this way. I am thrilled when I see more and more people doing not safe for work stuff under their own name. Yeah. Because again, I I don't think that this is something that uh, anybody should be ashamed of. Uh, I, 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 I reject uh, the, the shame uh, that, that is implicit yeah. in, in sex and sexuality. And I, I think that it, it's, it's something, I, and I don't think it's the career breaker or the career ender that it might have been uh, back in the day. Oh, yeah. I, as a matter of fact, one of these books back here, uh, Secret Identity, look it up uh, on uh, Amazon. It's right there. Uh, Joe Simon, the creator of Superman, did some fantastic erotica back mm. in the day. Now, in, in in his day, you had to work under a pseudonym. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, he did amazing stuff. Uh, let's see. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I said Joe Simon. I knew I was getting that wrong. Joe <laughs> Schuster. Oh, okay. Uh, oh, sh- <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Simon uh, and Schuster, exactly. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Somehow I did that. But uh, but yeah, he he did some fantastic erotica, uh, very heavy BDSM stuff. The guy was great. Uh, but but you know in his day yeah you had to use a pseudonym oh, yeah. because that was that was uh, it, it, I mean that's why we've got Stan Lee working in comics itself you had to use a pseudonym yeah uh, but uh, you know, but I, I'm I'm really happy when I look around now and I see more and more people kind of owning it and yeah. saying yeah this is this is what I do you well, know it's this, all is, about, this is the thing it's all about access and uh, the fact that. If if Schuster wanted to draw erotica and he was unafraid and unashamed of his work, it would have hurt his career just unquestionably. Right. And right. if uh, even if and, and like let's say two thousand like two thousand two, if uh, Mike Krahulik or Scott Kurtz wanted to draw erotic versions of the characters, <laughs> I think it would have. I think it. I don't think it would have been right. 
but I think it would have hurt their careers because yeah. it was just they were trying to get in and like they were trying to get acceptability and they were fighting. It was like we're all, we have enough to worry about. We have enough uphill battles to fight. Let's not also right. champion erotic fiction, please. Like yeah. let's start. Let's well, start here. Let's, let's start with let's just take a look at what else would have happened in two thousand two. Excuse me. They would have been uh, bounced off of every advertising network. That's right. And since the name of the game was advertising back then, yeah. they would have shot themselves in the foot. Now, the only right. way they could have made any money is through private commissions. Right. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Yeah, and, and it would have been... And there wouldn't have been enough of those. And we were not at the point to, uh, you know, where Patreon and Kickstarter were going to revolutionize this thing that we do. No. So, uh, yeah, it would have been, uh, I, although I, I do have to tell you, I spent a good amount of time in Seattle uh, telling Scott that he really ought to consider PvP after dark. Oh, my God. But uh, I don't think he's going to do it anytime soon. <laughs> but the other neat thing was his business manager, Corey Cassoni, uh, did a couple walks around the floor and, he, uh, uh, and we're hanging out after the show uh, one night, and he says, I'll tell you this, Brad. Uh, I, I, one thing I definitely noticed is that you're way ahead of the curve. And I go, well, what, what do you mean by that? <laughs> and he says, there's more and more people doing what you're doing and putting their name on it and, and you know, just putting it out there. Yeah. Uh, and and this, is, this is quickly becoming a trend. That's got to make uh, you feel and, good. Yeah, well, I, I take complete, uh, absolute uh, credit for it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ah, man, it's it's an interesting and fascinating, yet also difficult to discuss world because it's hard to say. Like, okay, well, hey, let's talk about erotic comics and how that's working out for everybody. Yeah. Like, and yet, it's a fascinating world. And uh, well, I'm let sure... me tell you this. Let me tell you this. Uh, uh, Tara, your co-host, right? Oh, Tiffany. 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 Yes. Oh, God. Edit that out so I don't look like an asshole. <laughs> mm -hmm. So you guys came up uh, to my table last year. We were at some convention or something. Yeah. You go, hey, Brad, what's going on? And I go, I'll tell you what's going on. Patreon is going on. And I start to, and the whole, and I'm starting to explain, I think for the first time, what I was doing with Not Safe for Work Comics. Yeah. And I kept looking over at him, at her, to wait to see if her expression was going to change. Right. <laughs> oh yeah, because and, and once I think the more I looked at her, the more I was making her feel uncomfortable. Because here's this guy who his eyes keep darting over at me, mm -hmm. but at the same time, it's one of those topics that, as you, it, it's it's very delicate to start talking about yeah. it, and you uh, you never know who's going to be like, oh man, that's really cool, or who's going to say. Ah, you know what? That's not for me, and right. and and, and, uh, <laughs> and now I feel icky. Yeah, uh, yeah. But but yeah, I remember distinctly talking to you and Tiffany, and 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 kind of watching to see if her reaction was going to change. Yeah, you know, and, and and true to her good nature, she with if if she did disapprove, she certainly didn't show it. Well, that's great. Yeah, no, she she uh, she understands in a big bad way, like what. The, the the winds of change, you know? Yeah, and yeah, yeah. she's like, yeah, right on. Like, what you're doing yeah, she... is, you know, respectable and, and, and a natural, I think, progression from where we were to where we're going. Well, so. and not only that, but, I mean, take a look at the last, easily the last five years of Evil Inc. Oh. Uh, I kept going 
up to the line and up to the line and up to the line. And there, to, to, the, to the extent of not only cleavage, but, you know, sometimes, you know, the hand bra shot, you know, stuff like that. I, it had been, uh, <laughs> jokingly enough, it had, I, I said to one of my readers, it's been pretty much 16 years of foreplay. It's time to get <laughs> the next step. That's fair. Uh, because, because I had been going right up to the line as much as I could uh, allow myself, especially back when the comic was carried in newspapers yeah. but then when I finally let that die uh, uh, then I not only have I allowed myself to go further obviously on Patreon but uh, if you read the Evil Inc. public strip now it's much more uh, typical for you to hear a, a, a completely different language a completely different sensibility uh, because I don't think that that was reflecting my readers sensibilities at the time yeah. you know that that G-rated newspaper stuff uh, it, it, my readers are much are much more open to me dropping a couple of words like an asshole here yeah. or a shit there, you know, it, it, if it fits the moment. Uh, and again, now for those longtime listeners of Web Comics Weekly, what did we always tell you? Never use those words because you want to cast a wide net. And that's because that was all based on advertising. Now that the world is shifted. Uh, it's a whole different ball game. I, I feel completely uh, comfortable dropping a little bit of foul language uh, or, or going into situations that I would have never, even for the uh, public strip, yeah. uh, situations I would have never touched because this is a whole different thing we're doing now. Yeah. It's interesting. Uh, I've noticed because uh, I'm, I'm really, really happy that uh, for comics, for you specifically, that the world has changed or the climate has changed to the point where it went from we have to make this content that is going to be accepted by our perceived betters, right? And we have to hamstring ourselves and not embrace the openness of the format because yeah. it's, it's, it's for everybody. There's no censor. There's no editor. I can make whatever I want for whomever I choose, and yet I will Put, I will pigeonhole myself to some degree to make content that I think would appeal to the authority. Yeah. And now we're in a world where I could always have done that, but now I can actually monetize that. Now you can do that without the negative consequences. Exactly. Uh, in I found fact, there's positive consequences for doing that now. Yeah. I found that, interestingly enough, with a couple of other uh, mediums, particularly the one that I'm in right now, that uh, in the beginning, the openness was something to be shared, explored, and uh, celebrated. Mm -hmm. And yet, the more, uh, the, the further along we get, the more, if you expressed that freedom, the less the fewer opportunities are available to you now. Yeah. Because people are like, well, I can't sell this. I can't monetize that. I can't right. yeah. how, advertise. How do you expect us to get a sponsor now? Exactly. I can't sponsor <laughs> that. I mean, you're literally making shows that appeal to a very specific niche that television is incapable of reaching, and yet I can't get I can't get a sponsor in there because you say the F word in it, you know. Right. But now we're here and it's like but that's the whole point. The whole point of this format was to explore and to express yourself and to try new things. But we're finding that like, if we had done that in the beginning, we'd probably be doing a lot better. <laughs> 
Yeah, well, maybe, maybe. I mean, that's an interesting thought uh, experiment. Uh, it, it, one thing is for sure, right now is kind of the culmination of a lot of great things uh, for independent uh, artists in general, yeah. whether you do music or whatever. Right. Uh, we, we've not only has the delivery system become, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, robust, uh, but I mean, look at us. We're doing a live show right now on, on YouTube, yeah. right? It doesn't get better than that, technologically speaking. It's true. Uh, and monetization has never been uh, more robust. Uh, we really are kind of living in, in, in a great time. Uh, that, that's when I get really nervous when I hear things about net neutrality and stuff like that, because what, what we've built over the last 17 years is so perfect and so fragile yeah. that I really don't want anybody fucking it up. That's true. <laughs> no, I completely agree with you, man, because that's... We, yeah, every time that they talk about throttling or uh, or, or data breaches yeah. and, and, and just wrecking the whole system, I'm like, you are, you are in direct contrast to progress. Like, we are trying to develop a whole... People make a living here, you know. It's like yeah. it's like whenever I uh, whenever I argue with uh, with our cable provider, with our like my <laughs> job, I left I left teaching to do this, and uh, I so I do this every every day. And we have multiple live shows. We have this one. We have uh, we have another one that I do with my other colleagues, and uh, it's regularly scheduled. And it's you know it's a thing we do, and it's it it's a show that brings in a lot of readers or a lot of viewers and a lot of. Uh, a lot of content, a lot of new potential audience. When the internet doesn't work properly, you know, when when we get a spike or a drop, and 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 you can't afford to have that anymore. And yeah, but the people who run it don't understand that like people make their living off of this. This yeah. is where you know you call your cable provider and you're like, hey, I can't have outages anymore. <laughs> You know, and they're like, well, it's okay. Like, it's just going to be like a 30-minute thing. I'm like, 30 minutes is my show, man. 30 like, minutes, yeah. 30 minutes is a lifetime, especially yeah. if you've got a schedule. Yeah, but like, and yeah. Yeah, it, it, it's... The most frustrating thing is when people who don't understand your your business interfere with it. <laughs> right, right. It's bad enough. I mean, uh, believe me, it took me... Uh, well, yeah, I, I left the day job in 2012, so it took me 12 years to get to a point where I could truly call myself a cartoonist. Yeah. Uh, and then after that, it, it's so hard to explain to people what you do for a living and, and that somebody could actually make a living doing this thing that yeah. you do. Uh, and, and it's more dicey now than it ever was. Yeah. But it's even more difficult when the person you're explaining it to is is, is the cable company. Yeah. Oh God, <laughs> that's the biggest mess. Yeah, but uh, but there you have it, man. Uh, any other thoughts and and uh, addendums you wanted to make to the to the topic at hand uh, before you know, we I, wrap I, up? I, I like I said, I think I think this is a great time uh, to experiment with stuff like that, and I, and I and that's what I'd really want to underline is that uh, especially if you're an artist and you're looking at this and you're like, uh, you know, what what should I do? I, I don't think that it's necessarily uh, NSFW work, but but at the same time, I wouldn't let things like shame and 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 being timid yeah. uh, or, or or not being confident. Uh, to, to to make you stop, uh, I, I think I think you should try it uh, at least for yourself and, and and see where that takes you. It might just you know like 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 for me this this opened up an entire 
avenue that I had never even considered before. Yeah. Uh, and, and you know, and and also as a reader, as someone who is a, a consumer of this kind of stuff, man, it's all it, it, you know, it like like the uh, deviant art example. Uh, believe me, there is a cartoonist out there. There's a there's there's a creator out there right now working in your niche. If yeah. you think that you're weird, I got news for you. You're not. Right. right. Uh, you can find somebody doing your thing. That's the beauty uh, of, of the web. And, and and if this is your uh, starter's pistol, then, yeah, go out there and find that stuff because it's out there. You sure. know? And, and, and then when you do find it, support that guy, support that woman, support that creator that uh, is doing that thing because that's the only way to make sure it sticks around. And I think that is the future of niche content is yeah. direct support for your artist. Absolutely. Absolutely. And 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 maybe in a certain way it always was. Yeah. Uh but uh but, but yeah, this is if you compare just the numbers, uh just to go a little bit deep baseball with you for a second. Mm -hmm. uh, on an ad rate, I ads were sold on a CPM basis, cost per thousand. The M is a Roman numeral M. Yeah. Uh, everybody thinks it stands for millions, <laughs> right. but uh, but but uh, if you got a dollar fifty or two dollar CPM, you were out dancing in the street. Uh, so one reader reading through my entire archive at once maybe generated me what three bucks, yeah. four bucks, five bucks tops uh, if they read everything that I that I had done. <laughs> I think I've done like between Greystone and, and Evil Inc. and throw in some Courting Disaster, I've done 5,000. Sure. Uh, they, they, they generate very little. Uh, now, obviously, not every one of my readers becomes a Patreon backer, but you can see even the $1 a month Patreon backers are uh, not only uh, uh, generating so much more income for me than I had under the ad system, uh, but it, it's it starts to become an exponential growth once you start five dollar and ten dollar and even twenty dollar a month backers. That uh, it, for me, this has become far uh, a far superior uh, revenue uh, uh, generator than advertising ever was. Sorry, it's funny that um, I was just thinking about how the the individual creator support system that we live in today, and how it's just a direct translation of the of fandom in general and how mm -hmm. like i i think of here in a, an example where um it was all like like you're building off your comment where it's always been there um you know there's some who there are movie directors or cartoonists or artists or or musicians who make something and the fans come and they they patronize that service and the artist maybe only gets a certain percentage of that patronage right. And yet, you know, you, you see how fans will follow that creator for, like throughout their career. Mm -hmm. And now we're at a point where the, the, the fan is just saying, you know, it doesn't matter what you make at this point. I just want you to have my, I just want you to keep making, like keep existing because of something you've done, you've done in, in your vast career. And so they just they just provide it, and it's 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 fascinating to see because it's something it's it betrays an inherent goodness in humanity that I didn't think was really there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I I don't want to disagree with you, but I, I think those people do exist. 
but I would caution you uh, against. Oh, I wouldn't. That, I wouldn't make a business model after it. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Because I think, I, and 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 again, uh, I see people making a mistake on on Patreon treating it like a tip jar. I think people still expect good quality stuff when they become your patron. Yeah. Uh, but. Uh, but you're right. There is an there is an element of that where somebody says, "Ah, you know what? I've been reading you for a hundred years now. Uh, I'll become a one dollar patron just because number one, they they kind of reason they're not even gonna feel it leaving their bank account. True, uh, right? Uh, a dollar that that's that's almost like uh, another user fee that your bank would uh, <laughs> instill on you. Yeah. Except this way, you get a good feeling instead of a bad one. Yeah. Uh, but you know that those people do exist. But uh, but I think that the name at the and the other day uh, it's always been as it has been and always will be good quality content that's the name of the game folks well brad thank you so much for being on this episode of elseworlds exchange we, we talked about not safe for work content and yet i think we had a very safe for work conversation <laughs> well i hope we did i was very careful i didn't want to i i we we started out this show and i said yes now this thing has a lot of ins and outs and i thought to myself oh, no. okay, i gotta make sure that i don't say stuff like that <laughs> jump on that no i mean yeah <laughs> Well, as, as long as we uh, continue to maintain our our sensibility and our sense of humor, those those kinds of jokes are always welcome on here. <laughs> oh, good. But, yeah. uh, guys, check out the description box below this video to go visit Brad Geiger's Kickstarter that's happening right now for the next three days. That's right, Support three days, it. and we are very close to everybody who orders an Evil Ink After Dark book getting automatically upgraded to a hardcover. Oh. So that's... Really super exciting. I've always wanted to do a hardcover, so I'm, awesome. I'm hoping we hit that mark. That's exciting, man. Well, check yeah. it out, and of course, check out everything that this great gentleman makes. Everything, um, everything. Go, go to Geiger.com to find everything, <laughs> but check the description directly to check out that Kickstarter. And we'll see you guys later. Uh, this is a bonus episode of Elseworlds Exchange, so we'll see you later today on Tuesday, uh, around 5.30, 6 o'clock for the weekly poll, and of course on Wednesday for another episode of the Elseworlds Exchange. Uh, so long, everybody. Yeah.